Well, it's great to be here this morning, and we're looking at a fantastic, well-known story this morning, this story of Zacchaeus, this short and a wealthy man, a despised tax collector, but yet a person that had a desire, as we heard, uh, to see Jesus. Now, I don't know what uh, sort of you imagine Zacchaeus looking like, but I have to make a confession. Whenever I hear, hear this story, I always imagine Zacchaeus looking rather like Danny DeVito. <laughs> if you don't know who Danny DeVito is, all you need to know about his uh, filmography is that uh, he's uh, a short and rather rotund little chap. And when I was growing up, he was often typecast as a rather irritating, greedy uh, person in the films that used to play in. It often uh, would, would be ignored and, and, and disliked by many people around him. So I don't, I don't know why, but I just envisioned Zacchaeus being a little bit like a mini Danny DeVito character. And uh, this is, uh, yeah, Zacchaeus certainly was viewed as disliked by other people, wasn't he? He was definitely short like Danny DeVito was. We don't know if he was slightly rotund or not, but uh, that's just how I picture him. But we know people look down on him because of his profession, and there was probably also a hint of jealousy as well, maybe from other people, about the wealth that he had accumulated. Yeah, as the story unfolds, we have this character, uh, Zacchaeus, this character that people are looked down on, and yet there's some great things we can learn from him. I think in this story, some even greater things as well we can learn from Jesus' response to him. So uh, if you haven't uh, closed your Bibles, do keep them open. If you have closed your Bibles, I encourage you to open them again at page 1053. And also do, uh, if it's helpful, use the, the handout sheet as well, the green handout sheet that's got some, some notes in there to, to follow these five points that I want to share with you this morning from this passage. There's so much going on, but just uh, five things for us to look at this morning. And the first I want, thing I want us to to see from this story or to learn from this story is that we should be people that are eager, eager to see Jesus. Have you ever looked forward to something so much so that you're prepared to go to any lengths to get hold of it? Every year when Wimbledon tennis comes around, I really admire those people that queue outside Wimbledon for those limited number of day tickets that they sell each day. And people start queuing for those tickets hours and hours before they go on sale. Some people turn up at 2 or or 1 o'clock in the morning. And a few hardy souls will even camp out overnight on the street so they can get guaranteed uh, tickets almost. Now, I like tennis and I love to go there. But I quite like the comfort of my own bed too. And the thought of camping out well, anywhere, but on a concrete street uh, in Wimbledon diminishes my eagerness to go in and see the tennis to the point where I've never actually braved queuing. Instead, I watch from a safe distance in my armchair at home, which is far less costly to me in terms of lost sleep and also to my wallet because of the extortionate ticket price. But I do miss out, don't I? I know people that have made the effort and watch the tennis and see the tennis players in the flesh, and a few of them even luckily have met some face-to-face. Not one of them that has ever gone has said to me, oh, I wish I'd stayed at home. It wasn't really worth the effort. They all had a fantastic time, and many of them made the effort a second 
or a third time that year or even in subsequent years. And I was reading this story. I just thought it would have been so easy for Zacchaeus to give up on seeing Jesus because of that crowd in front of him. Now, everything was stacked against him. He was short. He has no chance of seeing over the top. The people in the crowd wouldn't be interested in moving for somebody like him, somebody they despised and didn't like. People looking down on him because of his height and his profession. It would have been easy for Zacchaeus to just simply either give up, go home, or just hang around at the back of the crowd, not really making the effort to see or inquire of Jesus directly. But yet he didn't do that, did he? He didn't do that. He thought, this is the road Jesus is going down. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to climb a tree. I'm going to make sure I'm in a place where I can meet Jesus and I can see him. And as we heard in the story, he wasn't disappointed about making that effort. He met Jesus and his life was changed dramatically for the better. And we'll look at that later, but let me just pause and ask you all a question here. What are the things in your life that crowd out you meeting Jesus? Because like Zacchaeus, I think if we make an effort with Jesus to spend time and to see him, our lives will be transformed for the better. And I want us all to have an eagerness, that eagerness to see Jesus that Zacchaeus did, that wasn't put off because it was difficult. Eagerness that moves us into action. Perhaps you're here this morning and you've already committed your life to Jesus, but the busyness of life at home with your, with your family or at work, with your friends, is, is crowding out your time, spending time with God. Can I just encourage you this morning to have the eagerness to find a tree in your life? Find that time, that space where the crowd and the busyness of life is not getting in your way of seeing Jesus. Maybe it's just finding 10 minutes in the car after you've dropped the kids off at school or on the train in the morning as you go to work or maybe just going to bed 10 minutes, uh, 10 minutes earlier so you can get up 10 minutes earlier in the morning to spend time at the start of your day just quietly with God at that moment. Make that time because it's worth it. Or perhaps you're here this morning and you've not committed to Jesus yet. You're intrigued, but perhaps you see yourself as somebody standing at the back of the crowd, happy to listen, but but not participate. I want to just encourage you this morning, and you'll see as we go through this passage, to, to make that next step this morning. For some of you, that might mean rather than just being here and listening, to take the next step. Start talking to Jesus. Start listening to him. Start saying, uh, praying to him. Have that eagerness to take the next step to meet with him. And if that is you, I, uh, we'd love to pray or talk with you uh, after this talk. We've got some prayer ministry later on in the service. Uh, do come and just, just, just chat, and we can help you start that conversation if you're interested. But wherever you are on this journey, whether you're just starting or whether you started a long time ago, never lose that eagerness to meet with Jesus. Don't sit in our proverbial armchairs. 
because if we make that effort, I believe we're going to be rewarded like Zacchaeus was in this story when we make that effort because Jesus' second point will come to you and meet you when you seek him. Look with me at verse 5, will you? Zacchaeus has gone ahead and he's climbed this tree. And verse 5 says, when Jesus came to that spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. I must stay at your house today. There are a few things to notice. First of all, this is a sycamore fig tree. They're reasonably uh, bushy, uh, uh, thick trees. And seeing Zacchaeus up that tree amongst uh, the crowd and the throng that was undoubtedly around Jesus at that time wouldn't have been easy. Yet Jesus sees him. And Jesus doesn't just see him. He stops, looks directly at Zacchaeus and talks to him. Jesus sees this uh, little man that many people seem think as insignificant, that people disliked, and most maybe hadn't even noticed. Yet Jesus stops, notices this man that was so eager to see him that he climbed that tree. And he says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. Jesus doesn't begin by pointing out all the things Zacchaeus had done wrong, or why people disliked him, or even ask, what on earth are you doing up that tree? Instead, Jesus comes into the world of Zacchaeus, where he he is at. He invites himself to the house of Zacchaeus, where Zacchaeus' life is at that moment. This is something I think quite a few people misunderstand about the Christian faith, is we think that in order to meet with Jesus, uh, we have to move completely out of our our world, almost be perfect or prove to Jesus uh, that we are worthy people to meet him. Whereas the Bible actually again and again, we see the opposite. We see Jesus coming to meet people where they are at. The parable of the prodigal son. The son starts his journey back home and the father comes running to meet him where he's at. Jesus meeting the woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery, and the numerous other people that call out to Jesus from their their broken places or in need of healing. And Jesus goes to them and meets them where they're at. And then their life is changed. Jesus will meet you wherever you are at at the moment. That was my experience. Also, when I was rather lost in my life, I called out to Jesus and he came to meet me where I was at. He came and helped guide me out. He didn't turn to me and say, oh, I'll come to you later, Richard, once you're a little bit more sorted than you are. Or uh, come try again when you're a slightly better person, when you've done a little bit more good stuff, just to prove you're worthy to me. No, he came and met me where I was at. And he will do the same for all of us, whether we are, think we're in a good place right now or not. Jesus will meet you where you are. He isn't expecting you to pretend to be anything else than you are. All he wants is for you to be eager to meet him, and he will come and see you. I just want to emphasize this point a little bit further in point three is Jesus by saying Jesus won't be put off you. I want to be really clear on this. Jesus won't be put off coming to you by who you are or even what others think about you. Whether you feel insignificant or not, 
or whether you feel worthy compared to others or not, if you call on Jesus, I'll say it again, he will answer you. Whether you're messing up at the same thing again and again and again, Jesus will answer you when you call on him from the least to the richest. I remember hearing a story once of a guy called uh, Shane Taylor who I heard give give his testimony. Now, uh, if you type his name in on the internet, type Shane Taylor testimony, you'll come up and you will even see a video. But to cut a really long story store, he, he, he grew up on a council estate, didn't really know who his father was, and he prided himself on being the meanest and baddest person on his council estate. And he ended up uh, being in, in, in prison for um, some horrific stuff that he did to people. And even when he was in prison, he just wanted to be known as the meanest and the baddest person there was. So much so that he was classed as one of the 10 most dangerous people in uh, the UK prison system at one point. And he met somebody in prison that said, God loves you. And it really bugged him because he didn't want to be loved by anybody. He wanted to be known as the meanest and the baddest person. He was so mean that prison officers were not allowed to go into his cell unless they were in full riot gear and accompanied, there was at least four of them. He was fed through a hatch in there. This one prisoner said this one thing for him and he decided to do prison alpha. And his life is transformed. He now spends most of his time going back into prisons telling prisoners about how great Jesus is. He remembers God meeting him in that place, in his darkest moment, where he was at, this horrible, mean person, and God, he asked God into his life, and it transformed him. He was, had nothing, yet God transformed his life, and his life is so different now. Jesus wasn't put off by what he had done, but met this guy where he was at, and helped transform him. It's from people like Shane to people like Zacchaeus. Wealthy, probably a bit dishonest though, in his greed. Both called on Jesus. Jesus met them and transformed you. Transformed them. Jesus wasn't put off by what they had done, and he wasn't put off by what others thought about them either. Look at what the crowd said when Jesus went to Zacchaeus. He's gone to meet with a sinner. You know, Zacchaeus' job, a chief tax collector, working for the uh, occupying uh, foreign authority, the Romans, taking people's money and giving it to those Romans, and most likely taking more than he should so he could keep some extra for himself. Jericho was a prosperous city as well, and being a chief tax collector would have meant Zacchaeus would have had considerable wealth. And the people mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. Jesus wasn't put off. It didn't stop him. He went to his house, ate with Zacchaeus, ate with Zacchaeus' friends as well. So let me just really encourage you again that Jesus will meet with you when you seek him, no matter who you are, what you've done, what you own, or what other people think of you. Jesus is somebody for all of us. But what happens after we meet him? Because although Jesus will meet us where we are, He doesn't leave us there. Because when we meet him and we take his words in, they will transform us.
my fourth point. Transformation comes through meeting Jesus. This is what happens with Zacchaeus in this story. Zacchaeus spends time with Jesus and is transformed by him. He becomes generous with his money, doesn't he? Zacchaeus decides to help those in need, which as we've heard, for those of us that have been coming regularly and we've been going through these stories in Luke, we've we've seen again, we know it's something close to to Jesus' heart. Jesus particularly is on the lookout for those on the edge of society. And Zacchaeus grabs hold of this and is going to use what he has to help those, uh, the poor. He's invited his friends around, other tax collectors and sinners, and he declares in front of them he's going to give this significant uh, proportion of his wealth to those in need. And he's even going to give uh, more back to those that he's overcharged. What a great transformation. But actually, a few of us might be sitting here thinking, that's actually quite a scary change. Maybe I'll be up for transformation if I was in a really dark place uh, and I can see the need for it. Um, But I'm reasonably comfortable. I'm not sure I want to come to Jesus. I'm not sure I would like to give half my wealth away and start being really generous. That sounds quite scary, doesn't it? We're fearful that if we come to God, he might ask us to do something that we think at the moment is crazy. Or it may be you're not scared about giving half your wealth away, but you think you might lose your freedom or, uh, or whatever it is, that faith in Jesus might stop you from having fun in your life. I've certainly met people that think all Christians are boring. I hope this morning you will meet many Christians that aren't boring. But what I want to say to you this morning is I'm not going to promise you that transformation isn't a bit scary because it can be. But what I do want to say to you this morning is when you come to Jesus, when you trust him, the transformation that happens is freeing, not limiting. It's freeing, not limiting. That's certainly my experience and experiences of many people I've spoken to who have uh, had their lives transformed after meeting Jesus. I don't think I've ever met somebody that said, oh, I wish I'd never done that. My life uh, after I committed to Jesus is so much better than it was before. I gave up a career in, in, in IT that many at the time thought was was foolish and and crazy, including my dad at the time. But I wouldn't have it any other way. And when I came to to faith, God didn't ask me to do something that I wasn't ready for. He didn't ask me at the time to give half my wealth away. Not that I had that much anyway at the time. I can't promise he won't do that for you. Uh, Unlikely, but it is possible he might ask you to give half your wealth away. But what I can say with great confidence is that even though this thought of changing values might seem scary, I promise you it's worth it. It really is worth it. We will begin to see life differently. And the things that are really important, we will begin to value more in our lives. And those things that aren't as important as maybe we think they are now will begin to lower in importance in our lives and we will be changed and transformed for the better. So seek God. Come to him, seek Jesus, and let him transform you, because it is worth it. My final point, I just want to talk about verse 10, which is, I think, Luke's way of summarizing what has gone on in this passage. It says this, For the Son of Man, that's Jesus, came to seek and save 
the lost. What does this mean? It means Jesus is looking out for you. He's coming, he's seeking for you. And if you want to meet with him, he will answer your call. And Jesus will save you when you call on him. Zacchaeus was wealthy and seemed to have a comfortable life in the eyes of many, material life. Yet he looked for Jesus because he knew something was missing. He went searching to Jesus and he found the answer. If you don't know Jesus yet or you're searching for him, like I said earlier, don't walk away. Come to him this morning. Find a place where you can ask those questions because Jesus is seeking you and can save you. And the third thing I want to finish on as well is I think Jesus is asking us all to share him with others. If you know Jesus this morning, can I encourage you to look at the response of Zacchaeus to Jesus, his generosity, his change of heart, and his eagerness to seek Jesus and share Jesus with the poor through what he had, but also with his friends. What is it you can do to be more generous in sharing Jesus with those that you know? your words, your actions and possessions. When Zacchaeus, uh, when Jesus invites himself to Zacchaeus' house, Zacchaeus invites all his friends along. He didn't hide it away as a private matter just between him and Jesus. But he shared this joyful event with his friends and colleagues and the joyful news spread. And I would love us all here to be a community this morning that looks out for those opportunities to share our faith with Jesus in a fun way like Zacchaeus did here. People come to faith when they meet Jesus but they're often introduced to him by those who already follow him and see the way he transformed those lives. So let's not hide Jesus away. Let's make him known through our words and our actions. Let's be a little bit more like Zacchaeus who was eager to meet with Jesus and then made him known through how he lived and acted afterwards. Amen.